This morning, I'm going to kick off this series, one, by this, uh, with this sermon title. All for one, one for all. Now, that, of course, comes from the three musketeers, right? Alexander uh, Dumas's um, novel of the same of uh, three the three musketeers. So all for one, one for all. We're going to talk about unity in the church. You know, the church is a place. Uh, it's made up of 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 imperfect people. You know, the church is made up of imperfect people, and and sometimes it's very obvious when you are together as a church family to notice each other's differences. Why is it? Christians seem to be so disunited. What can we do? What, do we really need to be united or do we really tell each other, look, you do your own thing, I do my own thing. So this morning's sermon, all for one, one for all. We're going to read Psalm 133 and that's where we're going to get our text for this morning. We're just going to look at this one short psalm, alright? Psalm 133. Are we ready? We're going to read it together. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there... The Lord has pronounced His blessing, even life, everlasting. Okay, now I, I got four parts and then the fifth one will be, of course, the practical part. Alright? Um, so, the first one, verse 1, alright? Psalm 133, verse 1. The first movement is how positive it is. How positive it is. It is. What does it say? How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers, and of course in this context it means sisters as well, when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. How positive it is. Now, this Psalm 133 is what they call a, a, a song of ascent. All right? A song of ascent. Ascent means going up. That's what ascent means. So what does it mean by a song of ascent? Now this would be one of the songs they would sing when, 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 when the pilgrims come together to Jerusalem. All right, Because Jerusalem was up on a, on a raised hill, hillock, um, <coughs> Mount Zion. So Jerusalem was placed right there. Uh, and so people, as they go up, Towards Jerusalem, they would sing one of these psalms. There were a few psalms that are called the songs of ascent. This is one of them. All right. Uh, it was maybe, we, I mean, it was a song, of, a psalm of David, yes. And David may have sung something like this as he accompanied the ark into Jerusalem. Because we know that he was dancing and he was worshipping. It could have been something like this. So it's a song of ascent. Now, it, as I said, it was, this psalm was written by King David. And King David is one who understood the ravages of disunity. He understood that. Why? Because he was anointed to be king at a very young age. At the same time, King Saul, the reigning king, was 
jealous of him. He was envious of this young boy who obviously had the favor of God over him. And King Saul made it his personal business and vendetta to destroy him or kill him. And so for many years, David had to flee away as a fugitive. He would live in caves. He would go to other cities. He just couldn't come back to his hometown. Uh, he just couldn't come back to, to Jerusalem or Bethlehem or anywhere that he was uh, familiar with. He had to run away. He was a fugitive on the run for many, many years. And so the nation of Israel was in many ways um, divided. <coughs> so David understood the ravages of disunity. Of course, later on in life, his own family was terribly disunited, all right? Uh, because partially because of his own sin uh, and partially because the children, some of them had their own agenda. So there, he understood the ravages of disunity. And so I don't think there would be anybody who could write about unity and, and, and feel it from the heart like King David. And you know what? Unity is really the kingdom's way. It is the kingdom's way. If you read through the scriptures, the scriptures will tell you, tell you that. Even our own vision, we are a church based on a New Testament apostolic model. And the apostolic model was the model of unity. That the church was together. That people were one in heart, one in mind, and they did things together. Um, they loved one another deeply. And so that is one of the hallmarks of the apostolic church. So, how positive it is. And then we come to the second movement. How pleasant it is. How pleasant it is. And verse 2. And verse 2 says this, For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard onto the border of his robe. So, this is what the second part is. How pleasant it is. See, it, it was like the oil that was poured onto Aaron's head. So Aaron was the high priest in, 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 um, uh, in Moses' time. And you know, when, when you consecrate a high priest, oil would be poured on you. All right? Oil is used to consecrate priests. Now, oil is always symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and you know that. And the Bible tells us that we, you and I, we are a holy nation. We are priesthood. We are priests that God has raised us up as priests. So we have the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so the, it talks about the oil that was poured in the head of Aaron. <coughs> Leviticus chapter 8 verse 12. Moses anointed his brother Aaron to be high priest. And the oil was poured on Aaron. Okay? And this oil, listen, this, this oil... Um, it wasn't just a sprinkling of oil. All right? It was effusive, meaning to say that it was lavishly poured on him. Until the Bible says it began to not only uh, uh, drench his hair, but it began to run down his beard and drench his beard. His beard would probably start to get plastered onto his robe, his chest, and the, and the oil would continue to to run down his beard, down his robe, and drenching his robe, and then it would, it, it would start to, to, to permeate the hem of his robe. The Bible says it, there was a lot of oil. All right? This was the original orang minyak. 
alright? But this was the priest. But the anointing oil, listen, it was a mixture of four spices in oil. They mixed myrrh, they mixed cinnamon, they mixed cane and cassia. Now this, we find this in Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 to 33. So there were these four spices, they were mixed together with the oil. And those spices are expensive spices. And as the spices are mixed together with the oil, it begins to, 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 to uh, emanate a, a, a beautiful fragrance. All right? So these different spices had to be mixed together in oil for a wonderful fragrance to be let loose. And the fragrance would waft and fill the room. Now listen. The, this is a wonderful illustration about the church. Different spices, different people from different backgrounds. Every spice was found in a different place. Every spice was found not only in a different space, but, but the, the origins were different. They all didn't come from the same tree, for example. They came from different, different places. And all come together and get mixed up in this oil, and then a fragrance begins to come out. And this is what the church is like. We've got different people coming from different backgrounds. We are here in Klang, and we've got people in Kota Kinabalu, people in India, and people in other parts of the world. And it's not just about High Point. It's about every other Bible-believing, Christ-loving church all over the world. We are different people with different backgrounds. But when we come together because the Holy Spirit brings us together and He brings us into one body, uh, we get mixed up together. And, and together, as we are mixed up with that oil, a wonderful fragrance begins to come out. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it? I love this picture. And although the oil... And those spices are expensive. It, as I said, it was lavishly poured out. See, God isn't stingy with His love. He isn't stingy with His, with His gifts. When God brings us into the family, He lavishes us. We get... We, 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 the Holy Spirit comes in and makes His dwelling in us. We read about it today. Uh, we sang about it, I'm sorry. That royalty made His presence in us. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit comes and He brings us together. And you know that God isn't stingy. The Holy Spirit brings gifts. The Holy Spirit brings power. And, and, and bringing us together was also another thing. It was, it was expensive. It cost God His own Son. But on the cross, Jesus not just allowed one or two drops of blood to fall. He, he allowed Himself to be poured out as a love offering, the Bible tells us. It was a lavish gift. Everything He had, He poured out. So that we could come together. So that we could come together as the spices come together and get mixed up in that oil. We could come together because there was a lavish outpouring. And when we come together and allow the Spirit of God to take us and to mix us together, there comes with it a sweet aroma, a, a fragrance that pleases God. So how pleasant it is. Third movement. How profitable it is. 
All right? How profitable it is. And we look at the first part of verse 3. Psalm 133, verse 3, first part. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. It's as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. Okay. Like the dew on Mount Hermon. Now listen, what is Mount Hermon? Mount Hermon is a mountain uh, that is just north of Jerusalem. Okay, I told you Jerusalem is on a high plain. All right, but Hermon, like Jerusalem, is, is gradual. It's it's an ascent. All right, it's gradual. Hermon is Hermon is a completely different thing. It is near the shore, but it's north of Jerusalem. But it is sheer, meaning to say that you know it goes from it goes from from some zero level, zero sea level, zero feet sea level, to about ten thousand feet in quite a short distance. It's not that it, it grows higher, 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 and then far away from the shore, there's that mountain. No, it's quite near to the shore. So it, it, it goes up pretty steep, all right? It's a sheer rise, and that's Mount Hermon. So on one side is that, the sea. The other side of Mount Hermon um, is a marsh. It's a swampland. And the swampland is pretty deep, and it's pretty vast. So what happens is this. Mount Hermon it's a strange mountain because it's, it's a beautiful mountain. Beautiful. All right? Um, and it has heavy rainfall. It also has uh, snow during the winter. And in fact, it's a ski resort today. It's a ski resort, all right, during the winter months. So this is what happens with Hermon. Um, apart from the rains that come in, the heavy rains, the, the swampland, because it's a hot place, okay? It's, it's, it's hot, desert hot kind of thing. And so the swampland will begin to give out vapor. And the vapors would rise. And, it, it, and as the vapor rises to the top, Mount Hermon at the top is very cold. It begins to precipitate. And then it comes down as dew, all right? I mean, it's not the min winter months. It comes down as dew. And the dew fall on Mount Hermon is very, very heavy. In fact, I've read a couple of accounts of people um, long ago who went, who, who went up there for hunting, uh, who go up there for, for camping, hiking. And they said that in the morning, the floor of their tent would be drenched with dew. And when they go hunting, their guns would drip with dew. The, the dew fall is exceptionally uh, heavy on Mount Hermon. And so the Bible says that unity is like the dew that falls on Mount Hermon. So what happens when this dew, heavy dew falls, or the rain falls, or the, or the, or the snows of winter starts to melt, the waters would flow down, and the waters would begin to feed the river Jordan. And the Jordan would meander its way and flow to the far ends of, of the nation, all right? Uh, to places like like Jericho, there was an oasis and there was arid places where there was no water. And, 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 and they would, the, the river Jordan <coughs> fed by the dew and the rain and the snow, uh, melting snow of Mernhom, Hermon, uh, it, would, it, it would irrigate the places and it would bring life-giving water to places far away. And so just like the oil that flowed down, the dew from Hermon would flow down, all right, from the mountain. And, and, and it would bless the places around it. 
You see, Mount Zion, where Jerusalem was, that was the holy mountain. Not Mount Hermon. But it is from Mount Hermon that life-giving water flowed. So similarly, listen. Jesus is the one we worship. We don't expect anybody to worship us or the church. But it is from the church where life-giving water would flow. Right? I have a river of life flowing out from me. And that's what happens with the church. A church that is united would be a church where life-giving water would flow. Praise God for that. That's the picture we are given from this psalm. It's an amazing picture. All right? And it is the scarcity of water that makes the dews of Hermon so precious. Isn't there a scarcity of love in the world? Isn't there a scarcity of good news in the world? Isn't there a scarcity of unity in the world? Well, the church should be the model for that. And the church should be used by God to, 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 to bring something life-giving to the spiritually arid areas around us. And it can only happen when the church is united. The fourth movement, how productive it is. And that's the second part of verse 3. Psalm 133, second part of verse 3 says, And there the Lord has pronounced His blessing, even life everlasting. Even life everlasting. There the Lord has pronounced His blessing. Where? At a place where there is, where brethren come together, where brothers and sisters come together in unity. See, the fragrance of the oil reached far beyond the room where the high priest was. Those who were outside the inner room, the, the Holy of Holies, those who were outside the Holy of Holies would know the priest is in there because they could, they could sniff it. They could smell the aroma. They could smell the fragrance in the air. The fragrance of the oil, the spices mixed with that oil, reach far beyond the Holy of Holies. The dews of Hermon would flow down and, and feed the Jordan, and the Jordan would carry those life-giving waters to, far, to places far away. Similarly, the unity of God's people bring blessing far beyond its point of origin. All right? And that is a, a, a biblical truth that the church must understand. That the unity of the church would bring blessing far beyond our walls. You see that in the book of Acts, apostolic model once again. All right? Acts chapter 2. The believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. All right? And the Lord added to their fellowship. We read that again in Acts chapter 5. Believers were meeting regularly. All right? And then crowds began to come. Women, both men and women, crowds came. All right? uh, and people were healed. We read that in Acts chapter 9. The church uh, had peace uh, and they were together. They became stronger uh, and they encouraged one another and they grew in numbers. We read that in Acts 16. All right? um, that the Paul and Timothy went from town to town, instructed the believers to follow the decisions made. So there was a unity. The church came together. And the Bible says in verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and they grew stronger every day. So you go through the scriptures over and over again. You find that when the church was united, when the church was one, when the church were together, they grew. They grew. People were blessed. 
All right? The blessings went out and people came. They were healed. They were saved. They became part of this amazing adventure called the church. And that is what we are expected to do and expected to model that of peace. So, okay, now the final part I'm going to talk about is this. All right? Um, how practical it is. All right? How practical it is. These are like the take-homes, all right? How practical it is. And we are going to end in a short while. So I'm going to talk about 12 pursuits of unity in the church. Okay? 12 pursuits. Number one, we need to see each other as equals. And that's important. In the church, we come from different backgrounds. But we are all equal. The Bible says, in fact, not even equal. The Scripture tells us, consider each other to be better than ourselves. All right? It doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're, if you're Indian, Malay, Chinese, whatever it is. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your education background is. It doesn't matter. Uh, it really does not matter at all. The Bible says that we are all one in Christ. We should see each other as equals. Now, in this church, that's what we teach, all right? I am the senior pastor, yes. But I'm not better than any one of you. All right? In fact, the head of this church isn't the senior pastor. The head of this church is Jesus Christ. The rest of us, we are all servants. All right? We are all equals. All right? So uh, that is what we teach in this church. The head of this church is Jesus. There's only one head. All right? So we see each other as equals. Number two, we need to be positive. Now, we read the news, we know there's a lot, lot of negativity now. Again, huh? this has nothing to do with COVID. So COVID, please be negative, not positive. But we are not talking about COVID. We're talking about people, now, very difficult to say this nowadays, please be positive. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to, trying to get at. All right? We need to be positive. We need to affirm one another. Tell each other, even if one person makes a mistake, be affirmative. Tell them it's okay, let's try it again, let's do that. And, and, and be lavish with compliments, all right? Be lavish with compliments. I, and I want to stop here, and I want to say to Wing Jin and Irene, thank you so much for leading us in worship. We were so blessed. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing God to use you, all right? Let's be positive. Let's keep our heads, and let's mind our words. And that's important. Very often, because we come from different backgrounds, we have different characteristics, different personalities, we step on one another's toes. And it's quite easy to turn around and say something hurting, to say something uh, as a retort to each other. Now, let's not do that. Let's be quick to listen, slow to speak, as the Scripture says. Let's keep our heads, let's mind our words, so that the words that we actually say are words that build each other up, not tear each other down. Number four, forgive often. That's the hallmark of Christianity. I'm a Christian today. I have a relationship with God, not because I have tried my best and become a good person. No, it's only because I'm forgiven. You know, this is something my, when I was working with the Star many, many years ago, the Star newspaper, my boss I, I took my boss out for, for lunch one day and was talking to her about, about Christianity. And my boss said, you know what? Uh, I used to go to church uh, before, but I found that Christians are all hypocrites. I found that Christians are hypocrites. And I, I, I told her, you know what? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Many Christians are. 
because we are not perfect. We are just like you. And she'll say, so what's the difference? Why should I become a Christian? I said, there's only one difference between you and me. Not that I'm better, but that I'm forgiven. That's the only difference. I'm forgiven. And so I want you to, that's the hallmark of being a Christian, that you're somebody who's forgiven. Because Jesus forgave me. And because Jesus has forgiven me, I can offer forgiveness to those who hurt me, to those who slight me, to those who say things about me, to those who have done stuff to me that hurt me deeply. Yes, I'm not saying that we are robots that should not feel the hurt. There's no doubt that we, can, we will be hurt from time to time. But we need to understand that as Jesus forgave me, we forgive others. Remember the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, that is a conditional thing. All right? So, we need to forgive and often. Number five, let's pray for each other. Let's pray for each other. That's one of the reasons we come for prayer meeting. Not just to pray about world's, the, the, the world's conditions and the, and the country and all of that, which are, which are things that we should be praying about, but we should also learn to pray for each other. Don't, don't just confine that to any prayer meeting. You're free to call people up and just pray with them over the phone. I think it's a good practice to do. Pray for one another. Pray for your leaders. Pray for us. All right? I would love to have a phone call with somebody calling me up and say, Pastor, can I please pray for you? You know? Don't ever think that pastors cannot be prayed for. We need to be prayed for. All right? Just as all of us do. All right? Pray for each other. Number six, don't major on the minors. This is one of the things, this is one of the things that get many people, that the church begins to major on small, small issues. No, major, don't major on the minors. All right? Don't major on the minors. Uh, because those are the things that would divide us. We have got big things that we can focus on. Number seven, seek to please God, not man. Seek to please God not men. Um, when you start to please men, then you would want men to appreciate you. And when the person doesn't appreciate you, then the feelings start to rise up. Why am I unappreciated? Why the person is so ungrateful? That, don't do that. Seek to please God because you know the Bible says that God sees what is done in secret and He will reward you openly. Alright? So seek to please God. There was a there was a little boy who goes to Sunday school with, and he had another friend that they had a major quarrel and they don't speak to each other. And one day that friend of his uh, fell down and broke his leg and so he's on crutches. And the friend came to Sunday school, wanted to celebrate his birthday. His mother gave him a box of cupcakes. And so the Sunday school teacher saw this boy getting down with his crutches and took the opportunity to call the other boy and say, can you go and help Johnny? Because he's in crutches. Help him to carry the cupcakes. And so Tom looked at the teacher and said, I don't want to. And the teacher thought he's going to give a great lesson and looked at little uh, Tommy and said, look, Tommy, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And she looked at him with a smile. And Tommy looked at the teacher and said, what would Jesus do? Jesus would heal him so that he can carry his own cupcakes and come in. All right? So we have... Things like that happening in the world, we try and we, we are trying, let's seek to please God, not man. If you're always going to look at man, you're going to be disappointed because we all fail, right? Number eight, allow the Holy Spirit to use you to grow the church. 
allow the Holy Spirit. This, we are all in this together. Listen, we are all in this together. And so while we are in this together, we want God to use you and me and you and you and you and you and you to help grow this church. The growing of this church isn't dependent on the pastors. Let me tell you now, it's not dependent on the pastors. It's really dependent on you. If you remember Moses, if it was dependent on Moses, the children of Israel would have gone into the promised land first round, first time out. But it wasn't dependent on Moses because Moses was ready. Moses trusted God. He was with God. He was a great man, a great leader. But the rest of the people were not united. No, we can't go in. The people are giants. We are grasshoppers. No way. And so none of them were able to go in. And they roamed the desert for 40 years, except for two and the younger children. So the, 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 the growing of the church is not dependent on the leaders. It's really dependent on all of us. Allow the Spirit to help you to grow the church. Number nine, share the gospel. Now, if we understand that we are all in this for one purpose, then the minor issues don't become issues anymore because we want to focus on the bigger things. And the most important thing is that, that we become a church based on the New Testament apostolic model driven by God's love to bring good news and to disciple nations through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we have got only one objective here on earth. That's to share the gospel, to bring the good news. And when we all know that that's the one thing that we are called to do and we work together with that, then the, minors, the minor issues don't become issues anymore because we know that we are all on the same side. We are all in this together. So share the gospel. Know that that is what God has called us into. Number 10, honour your leaders. Now again, it's tough for me to talk about this because I'm the senior pastor. But I want you to know this. Honouring your leaders does not mean agreeing with everything they say. It doesn't mean that at all. All right, honoring your leaders meaning you acknowledge that God has raised up leaders, and that your and, and that it is it, and it is incumbent on you to really pray for them. Why do we need prayer so that we make right decisions? Why do we need to make right decisions? Because we are capable of making wrong decisions, and that is why we needed to pray for us. So honor us in that sense that you acknowledge that we are leaders that God has raised. All right. I am I'm, I'm, I'm a senior pastor, not because I'm more spiritual than any of you. I'm the senior pastor because probably I was here a bit earlier. <laughs> I'm a bit older. And um, God has called me to, to, to play this role. But there will come a time when somebody else will become the lead pastor <coughs> of this church. <coughs> and it's not that, that I'm going to be demoted after that because that's not what this is all about. As I said, in this church, there's only one head, and that's Jesus. But the Bible does tell us to honor our leaders, okay? I remember in the book of Exodus, I think it's Exodus 13 or so, um, Moses went up to the mountain. Children of Israel were fighting with their enemies, and Moses had to raise his rod. Every time he brought his rod down, the Israelites would start to lose the battle. So he had to raise his rod up. After a while, he became tired, and as he got tired, his hands started to ache, and he began to put his hand down, and then the battle turned. And so he got two people to come. They raised his hands so that he could continue to stand. So they held his hands. They held his hands, one side and the other side. Two people held his hands up. 
because he was tired. And that's exactly the, the picture I'm trying to talk about. To honour your, your, your leaders by, by, by standing with us, by lifting us up, by holding us up. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get weary. Yes, we do. We are not super people. We, under this shirt, I, I don't have a Superman costume. I don't. <laughs> I'm just like you all. Number 11, keep saying yes to God. That's one of our cultural uh, distinctives, all right? That I'm a yes, I can person. Keep saying yes to God. Because when we keep saying yes to God, when we are positive, when we, when we don't keep rejecting stuff, but we are, we are ready to take on stuff, God can start to use us to do great things for Him. All right? Keep saying yes. You know, there's too many people in church, when you ask them, would you please try and help out in this ministry, the first answer is no. What comes to their lips is no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be ready to say yes. And even if you're unsure, you say, I could try, but I would need you to help or encourage me. You know, that kind of response just excites me and excites my heart. Because this is what we'd like to see. More people involved in, 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 in getting church up and going. Not just left to a select few. That has never been the intention. And finally, number 12. Buy into the direction and big picture of the church. When we all buy into the direction and the big picture of the church, we all will start to move in the same way. We will all be united. We will be one of heart and mind. Last week, we had our Vision Sunday. We talked about the vision. So we need to be focused on the vision, not focused on the small stuff. When are we going back to church? Why is it we must have this kind of meeting? Why is it so difficult to have this? Why too many Zoom meetings? Don't, don't focus on all of that. Focus on the vision. Focus. Be committed to the direction of the church. Yes, this church has been called to disciple nations. Don't ask why must we go to India? Isn't it expensive to go? Isn't it a waste of money? It's not. We've got now 16 churches in India and another 19 INC churches. If anything, we should be pumping in more money into the mission field. Because that's what will yield the fruit. We've got to look forward. Don't get upside. I, I don't like the way the worship is done now. It's not nice to be online. What? But that's the new season. Embrace the season. Look forward. Know that every hindrance is actually not a hindrance, but God allowed this to happen so that the church can flourish and thrive and grow. The, the Lord will not allow things to happen to stimmy the church and to stop the church from growing. That's never God's plan. God has one desire, that all men be saved that none should perish. That is God's desire, one big desire. And He would do anything to help them going. And if the church being comfortable would stop that from happening, the Lord will not allow the church to be too comfortable. Right? So embrace new cultures. Embrace new norms. Embrace new ways of worship. Embrace new ways of doing prayer meetings. Embrace new ways of learning the Scriptures. Embrace new stuff. Embrace new songs. Don't keep saying, oh, the good old days, the good old days. Listen, the really good days are coming. They're not, in the, they're not behind us. It's coming ahead of us. If we're always going to look behind, we're going to miss what's coming at us. All right? You cannot drive your car by looking at the rear mirror. 
because you will miss what's happening in front. Either you would crash, or any beautiful scenery, you will only keep seeing it in the rear mirror. You will never see a big picture. You will never see something beautiful. You would miss what's happening in front. So buy into the direction and big picture of the church. And the Bible says, there the Lord commands a blessing. There He will command a blessing. When we do that, church, let me tell you, the best things are coming to High Point Life. The best things are coming. The best years are ahead of us. Hallelujah. So we're going to close in prayer right now. Let's bow our heads, okay? And let's pursue those seven pursuits of unity. Let's remember we are all in this together. That we need to encourage one another, pray for one another, hold each other up. Alright? Let's be positive. Let's, let's, let's be yes people. Let's be willing to play our part so that the church can grow. Let's do all of these things. Let's forgive and forgive often. Let's not hold things against each other. Let's understand we are like those spices that are mixed in that bowl of oil. The Holy Spirit has brought us together even though we are all different. And when we come together and allow the Spirit to have its way, out of us will come a fragrant offering that would go far beyond these walls and bless people around our area. We will be like the dew that falls on Hermon that would become life-giving water that would flow out of this church to the places around us that are arid and dry. And we become the river that would water the land for the glory of Jesus. Let's, let's just, just pray together as a church. Father, we thank you. We thank you for reminding us this morning that you have called us together as one family. Thank you for reminding us, Lord, this morning that we are one in Christ. We may come from different backgrounds. We may be different. Lord, um, we may even have difficult people. But Lord, listen, we know very clearly that you did not come to call the well, that you came to call the sick. And Lord, we admit that we were in our sin when you found us. We ourselves were spiritually sick, but you found us and you've healed us and you've forgiven us. And Lord, you have brought us into your family. And Lord, in this family, we also have people in similarly broken backgrounds. We thank you that, we, that Lord, you have called us. We pray, O oh God, that you would help us to be a united church, a church that, 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 that reflects the love of Jesus, that we would truly be a, a church that, that, that is like the dew of Mount Hermon that falls and flows down and brings life-giving message, Lord, to the people around us that we would be like the oil that, that, that was anointed on, on the high priest Aaron's head and flowed down his beard down to the hem of his garment, that, Lord, that the fragrance would, would, would go out everywhere, Lord, and, and, and people would, would take delight in the aroma. We pray that we would be a church like that. Help us, O oh God, to love like you love. Help us, O oh God, to forgive like you forgive. Help us, O oh God, to be focused on the things you have called us to do. That we would share the gospel. We would be focused on the vision and focused on the direction. That, Lord, we would not major on the minors. That, Lord, we would be truly a church that is one in spirit and truth. We see your word. We know, O oh God, when that happens, blessing would come. Blessing that we cannot even imagine would come, Lord. Because you have said there the Lord will pronounce a blessing. And Lord, we look forward to great years ahead. Great years ahead. And so Lord, part us with your blessing right now, we ask. Even as we go out determined, O oh God, 
as a church to pursue together as one people your call over our church, call over each of our lives, Lord, to really be a people that would be driven by God's love to bring the good news and to disciple people. And so may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.